Hello and welcome to the first 2017 regular season episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our preview of round one and the opening weekend challenge. This episode is brought to you by Odes from the Bench, a collection of poems by Mixed Discarude. Uh, no, no. Um, actually, uh, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the wonderful Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by Mike Denton, Jason Wiskovich, and Blaine Riffle. How are you guys doing? Doing Hello, well, friends. doing well. Happy Lundy, Raw. <laughs> well, great. I'm glad to have you guys on here for uh, the preview of round one, kicking off this season a uh, little bit of housekeeping uh, before we get into our, our discussion. I just want to remind everyone, this is the opening weekend challenge. Don't know what that is? Well, click on a link associated with this podcast or scroll back through the fantasy articles. Um, it means you're going to have additional special prizes, but more importantly, no player prices or team budgets are going to change between round one and round two. You'll also be able to join a lot of the leagues um, between rounds one and round two. So it's it's consider it um, like a free week of research before the fantasy season really kicks into high gear. So uh, encourage your friends to join. Try to get some prizes. Highest score is going to win some cool stuff. So opening weekend challenge. It's going to adjust some of our recommendations for this round, but we'll get into that in a second. If you're looking for more tips, uh, MLS Fantasy Boss has a lot of content. Everyone who's been involved with the, the Fantasy Primer this season has put out great things. So we've got um, team profiles, player rankings, charts, and just as you're finalizing your teams, take a look at that stuff. But also be sure to check out posts over at Reddit at r slash fantasy MLS. Post your team to get feedback from other players. Uh, lots of articles that people are posting there, especially last-minute trades and injuries. Uh, and also just check out the articles being posted by the fantasy experts over at MLSsoccer.com. There's a lot of great resources out there, so just, just look around. There's lots of great stuff. And if you've been listening to our podcast for a little while, you're going to know this next part. But if you're new, uh, we have a Patreon website set up, and that allows people who listen and enjoy our show to make donations to help just support the costs that we have that we do incur uh, while trying to provide this um, this well, labor of love, I think is a, a good way to say. Do you guys agree? Yep. 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 Uh, about the love. <laughs> a lot of love. There's been a lot of new people who have joined. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, $3 here, $3 there is fantastic, and you get a cool sticker. I'll be giving a shout-out to all the new people next week, and I'm also going to start getting the the uh, swag that you have earned at your donation levels sent out to you. But more important than swag, there is a Patreon-exclusive Fantasy League uh, for us, and there are going to be prizes with that. But you have to be at one of our Patreon supporters to be able to get the code to qualify to join. So go over to patreon.com slash MLSFI if you're in interested in that. And uh, now the most important housekeeping element, Mike, our injury expert, are there any injury updates for us going into round one? I know a particular people are interested in knowing more about Howard. Well, I'm interested in knowing about Tim Howard, too, but it's been radio silence from uh, Colorado. Uh, I haven't heard anything further than what I heard a month ago, which is that Tim Howard is going to be out for week one. Um, they've been starting uh, McMath uh, in goal. I don't think that's going to change, so I, I'm pretty sure McMath is going to start, but I'm going to be following that uh, this week to, to make sure that that's still the plan. 
Um, but as of right now, Tim Howard out for week one uh, against New England and McMath um, is expected to be between the sticks. Uh, now, some other big ones. Uh, I know a lot of people are concerned about Diego Valeri. He came off early. It looked like a foot injury uh, in their last preseason match. However, Caleb Porter has already said that he's okay, expects him to start. Um, I'll, I'll follow that through the week to kind of make sure that's still the plan, too. Uh, staying in Portland, uh, Vitas or Vitas, I don't know how exactly you pronounce it, but he missed the whole match. It was kept out, but Porter says he'll also be back for Friday. Um, some of the other ones that you might be interested in, uh, Acosta for DC, he left the match early, but, uh, he showed up at their stadium opening thing today. So I'm guessing that's a good sign for him to be able to go this weekend. Jonathan Spector for Orlando. He also left the preseason match early, but it seemed like it was just a cramp, uh, follow that and make sure but i think he, he'll be good to go uh, another one who should be good to go even though he missed the last match chris wandalowski he had an ankle injury that kept him out in the preseason san jose is saying he's good to go but keep a watch on that if you're trying to to get him in that matchup um we have a whole bunch of la galaxy injuries and you know how much i love getting injury reports from uh the city of angels um ashley cole he's gonna miss a month with a calf injury so he's out um robbie rogers he has a injury to his ankle that for some reason isn't healing very well he's going to be out and it kind of sounds like it's going to be out for some time um jossie zardes he's going to miss this week with a, a knee injury they haven't given a, a great timeline but i'm guessing he's going to miss a few more matches than just this week and um then some other ones that have been out for a while but you, you may not have known um ramos for orlando he's out six weeks with a hamstring injury Reyna for Vancouver, he's out for the summer after getting left foot surgery. And then, of course, Mauro Diaz for Dallas, he's going to be out for some time. I haven't seen a, a good timeline as to when exactly he's going to come back. I've seen Dallas people post positive things about he's making faster progress, but still nothing firm as to when you can expect him to be back. So that is injury report for round one. And... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be following that Tim Howard story for, for sure to see if I can get any more info on him. It's been kind of weird. It was like they said he was out a month ago and then haven't said anything since. I was actually thinking about you this weekend, Mike. I was at my girlfriend's parents' house, and we were watching a college basketball game, and he made a comment how one player was listed as not eligible because of a contusion on his knee, and we all just kind of chuckled, and I thought, man, if, if that drives you nuts, then just the soccer terminology of a knock would probably just make him <laughs> furious. Like, what does that mean? Well, Mike Denton finds out what that means, and that's what he's here to tell us. Well, great. Yeah, we'll have more of those injuries. Uh, follow Mike at uh, at MLS Injury News to get the latest updates. And he posts some stuff at MLS Fantasy Boss as well. We're hoping to get a, a regular section for him this season. Okay, now we're going to get into our round one preview with our questions and discussions and our player picks. Uh, just so everyone knows, it's a little bit different format this season uh, to change along with the new unlimited transfers. Uh, we wanted to try to provide some information on the more tactical side so let us know what you think of this format, what you think we might be able to do better, or just what gets you the information you need to help make the decisions that you want. Uh, so send us feedback on, on Reddit or hit me up on the MLS Fantasy Boss website or any of these guys like that. Um, we want to know what is best for you all. So, guys, let's talk about some match discussion. But first, uh, Jason, I'm going to let you kick this off since you mentioned it in your MLS Soccer article. What are your thoughts about the teams now that preseason is winding down? 
All right, so um, preseason has been pretty much just uh, a lot of goals being scored, not a lot of clean sheets. So it's good to see, you know, who's taking PKs, who's on set pieces and things like that. Um, I really think that, you know, first and foremost, FC Dallas is a force to be reckoned with. Um, They showed in their CCL match that uh, they're deep and talented, fast, um, and they can score. So they're, I think that, you know, picking players from them is, is a great shout, um, especially considering the fact that since they won four to one, um, I think that gives them a little more uh, leeway to rest some of the uh, heavy hitters um, going down to Panama. Um, I also do like um, Houston um, as well uh, with their just just their attacking. So the Honduran connections up front um, and Chicago fire. They are not going to be the dumpster fire that they were last year. I've been saying it all season, and I'll say it again. Um, their attacking power with Nico, Akam, Delu, they're 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 fantastic. Um, even defensively, I think that they'll be pretty solid. Um, some of the new newer teams, expansion teams, Minnesota, um, Kevin Molino at nine point five. I think he's good. He's been scoring and assisting a lot, um, but even better than that. Um, Johan Venegas uh, for 7.5. He's um, extremely active this preseason. Uh, scored a brace against Portland and another goal against RSL in stoppage time. Um, I also, I mean, obviously being, you know, my RSL homer that I am, um, I think that uh, Plata is still a really good pickup, but you're at 7.5 is really good. Um, the two New York teams, I feel like they've been a little underwhelming um, this preseason. Um, you know, getting shut out or, you know, scoring one or two goals, maybe. Um, but you still have to go with the top picks, Kleshin, BWP, um, and Orlando. Uh, they've been they've been doing pretty well this uh, this preseason as well. Uh, Laren and Kaka have been doing very well. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, really good value picks, though, from a lot of uh, um, the teams, but we'll be discussing that a little bit later. Any, uh, any of you guys have anything else? Well, I'll just add that you also have to pay attention to which teams care more about preseason. Like you mentioned, the New York teams. Uh, like I know New York City, they didn't get a lot of their guys in. So the only match that was really worth much as far as like fantasy, how are they going to line up, was that um, that last match they had against Sporting Kansas City, which they, they did pretty well. Um, but I, I don't know how much you take from that. Um, I, I think, but the other New York team, the New York Red Bulls, uh, I'm very concerned with how they did against... Um, Vancouver in their CCL matchup because that was an A plus lineup. Kleshin didn't look like he was in a good spot, uh, and you know if, if we're talking about a premium midfielder at ten point zero and he's not being put in an ideal spot, he's already losing Dax McCarty. You know, a lot more questions arise that you're going into to week one. Um, but I mean, some of the teams that did put forth real effort, like Chicago and Houston, they looked very good. But you always have to wonder how much of that is because they're putting full A-plus lineups out, and the teams across from them aren't. But I think Jason is right. Um, Chicago and Houston are are some really intriguing options for bad teams that might be good uh, coming into this year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with basically everything else that was said. I really do think the parity in the league is up this year. I don't think you're going to have that one dumpster fire team in each conference. You just say it's not going to do anything. Um, New England is 
New England has a ton of talent. If they can get it together, and it looks like Kai Kamara was scoring in preseason, they can get out of, get off the bottom of the table. They, they won't be fighting for that spot. Chicago's definitely up. Houston looks like they could be a real contender in the West this year. I, just, I don't know that there's any of those bottom feeders that we've had in years past right now. I mean, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more parity, and it's, the elite teams are still there, but the gap is closing. So I'm going to get some follow-up questions with you guys. Uh, we mentioned BWP, a couple of you. Can he sustain the goal scoring that he's been doing? Uh, we've had 27 and 14, 17 and 15, 24 and 16. Are are we going to see that same level this year, especially with some of those changes? I'll start off. I don't think we will. I think the change in formation is going to affect his output this year. I think it's going to take the team a little bit longer to get fully adjusted to it. And if they're truly putting a second striker up there with him, I think that's going to eat into his goal, his goal tally for this year. That's fair. Then you also mentioned uh, specifically all the goals being scored. I know uh, Houston's really got stuff going down there, but you also mentioned Minnesota and Portland. I know Minnesota's two goals um, in the first half came against basically the Portland B team. Uh, when they trotted out their starters, Minnesota didn't score. And, and we will touch on this later when we, when we talk about some of these opening game matchups. But how many of the goals do you all feel that we're seeing are related more to experiments with B teams and, and lineups and, and trial players than, than they really are expectations of what we can expect in the regular season? Oh, I watched a lot of the preseason games and watched a lot of the highlights. And, you know, I think in the, you know, the first preseason game, you know, a, a lot of teams, you know, they have their their A lineup out there for, you know, 15, 20 minutes or the first, you know, half or quarters they were calling because a lot of teams did three quarters. Um, but, you know, I think that especially with Atlanta and Minnesota that they're, they're trying to get, you know, their new players to gel um, considering they haven't really had a full off season. Um, but I, I think that, that MLS though, now MLS is now an attacking base league where in years past, we've been, we've been more known, um, for our defense, um, with the influx of, you know, the South and Central American talent coming in here. I think that there are going to be a lot more goals than there are clean, uh, clean sheets. Um, and I think that this preseason, uh, is just proof of that. And one thing to add, if you look at, um, what Matt Doyle has put together as far as who transferred, what, who, what, what kind of players in, I think mm, almost great every art. team has transferred in like a CB. Um, I mean, so much money was spent this off season trying to revamp teams defenses. I think it's natural to expect those defenses to be weeks coming out the gate because they don't know each other. They have, they're still learning. Yeah. Some of them, you know, had just got their visas in a week or two ago. So there's a lot of unfamiliarity on the defensive side, whereas a lot of teams offenses are returning still very potent. And so I, I think, whereas in like two, three years ago, it was clean sheet bonanza and Taylor Twelman was complaining the teams weren't trying and going for nil-nil draws. I don't think you're going to see that opening week. I think you're going to see more high scoring games. Um, in, in a lot of these games. So it's going to make it a challenge in the beginning month to really pick um, confidently defenders and goalkeepers to try to get clean sheets. Last well, follow-up before we move on. 
Last follow before we move on. Uh, just meet you real quick. We'll start with you, Blaine. Uh, Atlanta and Minnesota, um, have they lived up to the hype or are they going to be a flop? Which I guess Atlanta has it lived up to the hype being an attacking and Minnesota, will it be a flop uh, like people are expecting coming out the gate? Just real quick, Blaine, yes or no? Uh, somewhere in between. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I mean, I don't have a lot of hope for the either one of them really making the playoffs this year. I think Atlanta's got the better shot. But I think they're going to put up respectable numbers for an expansion side in their first seasons. Okay. Jason? Uh, I think that uh, each team will score at least two goals the first match. And they will live up to the hype on the offense. Atlanta's got too much money invested. And uh, Minnesota, I think that if Molino and Venegas can stay healthy, I think that they have a good shot at uh, putting up big numbers. So Atlanta lives up to it. Minnesota exceeds it. Mike? I think Atlanta disappoints. Uh, I think people are valuing their um, new players a little too highly. They're going to be good, but they're not going to be Giovinco insanely type good. Um, Minnesota, I think people are treating them a little poorly. I I don't think they're going to be like Chivas USA dumpster fire bad. Um, They'll still probably be bad. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they will exceed expectations. Great. Okay, our next question. Which team's matchups do you guys like the most for round one? So we don't have to go over all of them, but just uh, pick your favorites. I particularly want to talk about Portland, Minnesota, and Atlanta, New York Red Bulls, since they're the new teams. But um, just what are your – which which ones are you going to watch? What were the most anticipated ones? I'm really I'm re- wanting to, to see the Vancouver-Philadelphia game for fantasy week one. Uh, Vancouver's been known for having a – good defense and over the past few years last year they kind of trailed off i think this is one of the huge matchups i'm looking at for defenders in the first week because if they can get it right early i really do think they could be a defensive force again this year um i really do want to see dallas go into la and play on the road especially following that ccl game uh kellen acosta looks like the real deal i know they're without mario diaz and that's going to be a huge hit but I think they've retooled the team just right to survive without him. They may actually excel and be one of the top teams without Mario Diaz, which they were definitely missing him in the playoffs. So I think if they can put it together without him, they're going to be a real force all season. And I think we're going to be able to tell that on the road in the first week. And then I'm really looking forward to the Columbus and Chicago matchup. I think there's a ton of fantasy potential on both lineups and seeing those two go head-to-head in that first round is going to really tell us who's ready to play and who's not. And I'm really looking at Ethan Finley. Two years ago, he had a breakout season, thought he was going to be the next big fantasy thing, and last year he kind of disappeared. So it's time for him to put it back together, and this is a perfect game to show it off. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm really excited for uh, the Chicago-Columbus game. Uh, the DC, I'm sorry, the FC Dallas-LA game. Uh, Minnesota and Portland, and then RSL versus Toronto. I think all those games scream goals. And uh, as Blaine said, I, I think there's a lot of really good fantasy potential in each one of those matchups. But of course, I'm excited for RSL versus Toronto opening day, having second place uh, Toronto come in, um, having something to prove, watching you know Giovinco, the best player uh, in MLS. I'm excited. Mike? 
Well, they, they covered a lot of it, but I'll add uh, Orlando versus New York City FC. T- to me, neither of those teams can play defense. There's going to be a whole lot of goals there. Uh, I think attacking options from both t- teams are high-value fantasy options because those are probably two of the worst defenses going at each other. You know, a new stadium should be a, a great spectacle to watch. Even though as a New York City fan, it'll probably shave a few years off of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I think this is actually a pretty great first round to have, especially with the opening weekend challenge. There's a lot of opportunity for players, like like you mentioned, Mike, to try to find a goal fest with an Orlando, New York City, or try to find some clean sheets that may sneak in with with other games. Although I I do think there'll be few. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, But what I love so much about this is is I want to see a lot of these. Almost every game, I want to see how it plays out. Because I think there's some tough matchups going on out there. I want to see how San Jose, who has a pretty decent defense coming in from last year, goes up against Montreal, which is is Drogba-less now, but they had some some great attacking going. I, I want to see if Atlanta lives up to the hype. I want to see if Minnesota can can break the expectations that that they've had. Even though I I still think, I mean, guys, you guys didn't touch on this. I still think Portland has a good chance at a clean sheet in that one because I, I think the Portland A team can stand up against the attack that Minnesota has. What do you think? I was just about to pull a Donald Trump and just wrong. I think that Minnesota, like I said, will at least put up two, if not three, against Portland's defense. Yeah. I don't, but Portland's defense is, in my opinion, more of an attacking threat than they are defensively. Both key, I mean, Antonella and Gleason are decent keepers. Ridgewell just just it just got released today that he'll that he'll be able to play. Um, they really don't have another good center back. Powell is good, but he's more attacking. And is it uh, Vitas Vitas? He's the first butcher last name of the season or first uh, butcher last name of the season. Um, uh, yeah, where was I going with that? Uh, Vitas. I'm get you guys the pronunciation guide. Yeah, right. Um, but he uh, he's more attacking. Like They're not going to be keeping that many clean sheets this year. Right, yeah, Reed, I, I had this one circled as a huge home defensive match in my initial roster draw for round one. But I saw it today that uh, Ridgewell was released, but they also released Gleason to play. So he's had a knock lately that I didn't even know about. So you look at that, Vitas is back on the... Is he is he healthy at the moment? I don't know. I just with Molino and Venegas playing the way they have been in preseason, I, this one's kind of gotten scratched off. Talking to Jason tonight did some of that or really solidified that for me. I just don't know if Portland's a hundred percent healthy on the back line, and Minnesota's got something to prove. Okay, okay, you guys, you guys can sway me. I I'm I'm a little hesitant to even think we'll have a lot of clean sheets. So I I I may I can be turned around. I can be turned around, but. Uh, still, for me, ultimately, I really like this round because I think it will help us look at a lot of these teams that we have some just some questions about and have been scratching our heads about and get better ideas going into round two, which is when the scoring really kicks in. So we touched a little bit, I guess, on this, talking about uh, Portland, Minnesota. Do you all think there will be any major upsets in this first round that we need to keep an eye out for? I think one major upset that could happen is Atlanta beating New York Red Bulls. Um, you know, the first match of an expansion team is always a pretty charged atmosphere. They're always under a lot of pressure to win. Um, and, and the big thing about that match is that the New York Red Bulls um, on Thursday night have a CCL match in Vancouver. 
Um, New York Red Bulls have said that that's a priority match. We'll, we'll see, you know, later on in the week what kind of lineup they feel, field. But I'm expecting them to field an A-plus lineup on Thursday night. And if that's the case, then they're, you're having a tired team fly all the way from Vancouver back to New York to Atlanta, or even if they skip the New York trip, a cross-country trip. We've seen in MLS when teams kind of undertake that kind of travel, especially, and then go on the road, they tend to, to lose. So I think Atlanta could pull off a really interesting upset there. Um especially with all their attacking force like we've talked about before. So I think that's my circle possible uh, upset for this week. Chicago beating Columbus is my upset of the week. I don't know if I can call this one a big upset, uh, but the winner of the Seattle-Houston game will definitely get a leg up, or maybe the loser is definitely going to be looked on a lot differently. Uh, Defending MLS champs going on the road, against what was a weak team in 2016. You expect Seattle to win, but that's the first game, I think maybe for all all together with Ladero, Dempsey, and Morris on the field at the same time, excluding preseason. Uh, who knows what that's going to do? And Houston's revamped defense could be good enough to shut them down. So I don't know if you'd call that an upset, but that's where your, your loser of that one's definitely going to come off with a bad PR hit. I think so. I'm... Actually, keeping my eye on Colorado, New England, uh, Revolution has had some pretty impressive scoring during this preseason, and I, we that that big question mark with McMath and Howard, both are quality keepers, so and they're coming into Fortress Colorado, so I, I'm just wondering if somehow New England gets it all together and and just just shocks everyone in in that first round, but um, that that's one I'm just keeping an eye on though. Well, great. Uh, guys, we're going to get into our, our Reddit questions pretty pretty soon. But before we do that, is there anything else that you guys would like to mention just about the, the matches or tactics or any other, other discussion about round one or preseason before we move on? Maybe the only thing to mention is take a look at the schedule. Um, if you're new to the game, if you're not familiar with what a switcheroo is, um, mm. it's something that allows you to substitute a player in a later game. Um into it, it would probably take too long to to uh, to explain here. But um, the late games are Atlanta uh, Red Bulls, um, New York City Orlando, and Vancouver Philadelphia. So teams from those are going to make up your your switcheroo options. Um, so that's something to to think about. And also, first game is Friday night. I don't remember what exactly time it is, um, but that's when your deadline is. So make sure you get your transfers and all that done and finalized before Friday night when Portland and Minnesota kick off. Yeah, we'll definitely have an article about that uh, coming out to explain fully the switcheroo. Uh, just, just so you guys know, a little bit ahead of time, it involves uh, having a player in your starting 11 that is n- cheap and never going to see any playing time, and then a couple of guys on your bench who you can either use as an auto-sub or as a manual sub to try to take advantage of uh, some some point min-maxing right there. So um, maybe, maybe that's uh, MLS Fantasy... Uh, 201, maybe not quite 101, but it's it's a neat little trick, and uh, we'll cover it in the future. So now moving on to the Reddit questions. For those of you who may be listening to us for the first time, 
Over at r slash fantasy MLS, we always post a thread to collect questions from the community that people want to hear us talk about. Uh, if we don't have a lot, like tonight we only had a few, we try to work them into the show and answer what we can. Uh, if we ever have a whole lot, we try to condense them down and just touch on the ones that matter the most. First question comes in, says, considering round one is an all-out war to get the top score for this week, and that MLS scoring usually starts off slow, will you be focusing more on chasing clean sheets or on goals? Now, Jason, I want you to start this one off, and you mentioned some before, um, but I I disagree with the premise of this question. What about you? I don't think that um, that scoring starts out slow. Yeah, I mean, th- that was the case maybe two years ago. Um, but like I said before, with the influx of offensive talent the past couple years in the league, uh, I think that it's going to be – most games going to be high scoring um, with the possibility of maybe one or two clean sheets. Um, and isn't isn't it kind of the premise every single week to um, you know kind of focus on players that score goals and clean sheets? Um, I think that in my opinion, I think that this week you put all your firepower in the offense and get, you know, 4.5 defenders that start one, 4.5 sub, um, possibly get in a switcheroo and then get, you know, a a very cheap keeper. That's going to start. Um, like I said, I don't foresee a lot of clean sheets this week. I and I see a lot more goals. So I personally say go with, uh, offensive firepower. See, I don't know if that means you have to get the 4.5 defenders. I think you could find some of the more offensive-minded defenders like an Awful or an Allen or people like that. Uh, but I, I looked at some of the numbers during lunch, and Mike and Blaine, you feel free to, feel free to jump in after uh, this. Uh, last year during the opening week, uh, we had 20 teams playing. There were four clean sheets and over 30 goals scored, I think, right around 30 or more goals that were scored during that opening week. In 2015, bit of an anomaly. Uh, there were nine clean sheets with the 20 teams playing and about 16 or so goals scored. But back in 14, uh, again, few, few fewer teams back then, uh, there were, again, four clean sheets and about 30 goals scored in those opening rounds. And it kind of bounces around in that range. Um, usually about the average number of clean sheets that we're seeing is about five point something. So five to six clean sheets is kind of what's what we're seeing in, in the first, the first week, this is nothing else for the first month or season. This is just that first round. So I, I think we could see a pretty good amount of goals being scored, especially like you mentioned, Jason, with, with these changes, uh, Mike, do you or Blaine disagree with that? Do you think it will be a defender's paradise? No, I think you're right as far as the goal scored. Uh, part of that is because two of your best defensive teams from last year, um, FC Dallas and LA Galaxy, are playing each other, and, and the Galaxy have a whole lot of defensive injuries, as we've touched about. So I don't know that they're going to be able to keep a clean sheet at home. But, I mean, if you look at the matchup, I I, I could see four teams having a, a good shot at a clean sheet. Uh, only one road team really have, having a good shot. Um, and we can get into which ones those are later. But I, I don't think, I mean, even just aside from that, whether to chase clean sheets or goals, the, the reason you tend to go offensive players, I think, in a week like this is because an offensive player can score multiple goals. You know, if you're going to be, you know, it's either first or last with, with this competition. So you want to, 
you maximize your potential and offensive players are the way to maximize your potential. You can only get one clean sheet. You can get multiple goals. So, or, or assists. Um, so I, I think the strategy for this week definitely favors offensive players. I don't know. I'll come in the middle. I think you do both in this week. Um, typical formation on a, on a week like this, the three, four, three, I really think you pick your clean sheet defense and you grab goalkeeper and three defenders from that one team you think has got it. Because if you're <laughs> like if, if you're not first, you're last, as Mike said. If you don't get all the points, you're not getting anything. So you put all your eggs in one basket on the defense. You get that clean sheet, you put yourself in a great position to try to win I think it's tickets to the All Star game. Or it's a free subscription to MLS Live. I mean something like that. You, get, you put yourself in position to win that prize by putting all your eggs in one basket. Chances are you're not going to win it anyway. I don't. Uh, right now I'm showing over 15,000 players in there. One out of 15,000 is going to get it. So, uh, so you're stack, saying there's a chance. Yep. Stack your defense and then grab your attacking players around that. And you've got a lot of good options going forward this week. I think there's some really good matchups. There's some explosive games that we've talked about, and we'll cover the players later. But no, I, I, I love I love that strategy. Yes, yeah, I think here. you can do both. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, if you guys don't mention those teams in our defensive section, I'm going to make you remember to do that again. Uh, just for clarification, uh, whoever does get the high score during the opening weekend challenge this this round one uh, wins an MLS starter pack, which is a $200 gift card to the MLS store, a uh, two tickets to a regular season match of an MLS game, and an MLS Live subscription. And we have confirmed that if you already have MLS Live and you win the opening weekend challenge, you will get a refund. So there you go. Money in your pocket. Uh, so yes, a, a great chance. And oh, I do. That, that takes me back to the days uh, when the game extended into the playoffs and so as the teams narrowed down you would have i just remember having an entire defense made up of houston players and just racking up the points uh mike next question is for you this is a quick one so feel free to just say yes or no uh new the new news is that uh, shea has gone over to vancouver now we had been expecting uh, davies to start as a pretty cheap player um, at the beginning of the season over at Vancouver, but with Shea on the roster now, do we think that uh, he will be taking his spot? I think it's certainly possible. We'll, we'll have to see how... The good thing is we'll actually get to see a Vancouver lineup because we'll get to see Vancouver in CCL action against the Red Bulls uh, on Thursday night. I mean, I mean Davies started the last time. I, I think they're really high on this kid. I, I imagine they're going to try to fit him and Shea on the field together instead of bumping him just because this kid has a lot of, of potential. He's only 16 or 17 years old. Um, so I, I think he's, you know, I think he's definitely in line to start, but I mean, just in general, I don't know that he's a consistent starter because I don't know how many 16 or 17 year olds are a consistent starter um, at, at this level other than like, Pulisic uh, and Dortmund. So, I mean, I think his odds are probably pretty good that he starts, but um, we'll, we'll get. To, I'll, we'll know more on Thursday. Um, I think Shea will overtake him shortly into the season, but with that trade just going through, I'm not sure Shea's going to be quite ready to take the field for Vancouver for the CCL match or for this opening weekend or even for the first few weeks. 
So look for Davies early, but Shea's still the better player, more experience. I kind of agree with Mike. I think they'll try to fit both of them on the team at the same time. But I I think if you have to pick one, it's going to be Shea later on, Davies to start out the season. So it sounds like either way, though, maybe not the best place to go to for the opening weekend challenge with that question mark in the air. I'd say Davies starts the opening weekend challenge. Okay. Yeah, if Davies starts, you have to have him in your lineup. He's he's listed as a defender, 4.5, playing out of position with the ability to score goals and get assists. It's a no-brainer if he starts. Yeah, and at that price, you can kind of afford to take the risk. And I mean, you're, you know, opening weekend challenge, you're trying to get something different that that can help you free up money, you know, up front to get more high prior high price attackers that could score a lot of goals that might end up winning you the challenge. So I think you're certainly justified in just kind of rolling with it. I mean, maybe if you're concerned, have him as part of a switcheroo or something like that. I mean, at 4.5, you're not investing that much extra in him as opposed to another position. So your your downsides aren't that high with him. Okay, Blaine, this last question from Reddit is for you. And I have it for you because uh, you're one of our resident draft fantasy experts, and and I think you understand some of this value over player um, statistics enough to to really get to the core of this. Uh, so our our question is: I want Valeri, Adi, and Kaká and Laren on my team, uh, but I can't do that and have Javinko. Uh, should I forget about Javinko or drop one of these other players? So I, I think the essence of this question is. Is anybody worth dropping Javinko for? Um, my current draft of my round one fantasy team does not have Giovinko included. And I doubt I'm putting him back in the lineup. I do think he's still one of your best options in the game, and it's going to take a special week to remove him. But I do see times where there are players that you would want to drop Giovinko for. Considering the unlimited transfers change, you can afford to drop Giovinco for a single week because it doesn't cost you anything to get him back later. Um, for this week, I do like those two midfielders. I think those two are the premier pickups for this week. Um, Lauren is one of my two forwards that's currently in my list, and I've got David Villa in as the other one. I, I'm going to defer to Jason for the second half of this with the RSL defense. But I like Via against Orlando more than I like Giovinco versus RSL, just on paper. Um, I'll let Jason fill in on the RSL defense just to get his thoughts on that because he's our RSL guy. Yeah, but, I I also like um, the Valeri. And I, I, I personally don't like, like Adi this week. Um, I like Valeri better if he's healthy. Um, if he doesn't play, then obviously Adi would not be a good pick either. Um, Kaka and Lern are both fine. Um I think you have to have Giovinco this week. He is on all set pieces. Um, and he's playing against an RSL defense that's still trying to figure it out. Um, RSL defense is not what it used to be. Um, I love Nick Romando, the wall of the Wasatch, but he is getting older. Um, he's got a 19-year-old who has been killing it in the under-20s um, USA uh, the past couple games. Um, and he, uh, Justin Glad, is a great center back, but Mond has had a lot of slip-ups. Horst and Schuler are both you know, veteran guys that, you know, are more rotational players um, and our wingbacks look, still look to get forward more than they do defend. Um, so I think that there's going to be a lot of goals in that game as well. And I think Giovinco, you know, is still going to either score or assist. So I think, I personally think Giovinco is a must this week. Any thoughts to add, Mike? 
No, I mean, I, I don't have Giovinco in, in my lineup. Um, I, I know what Jason said about RSL's defense, but it, when you just look at that matchup, plus how much extra you have to pour in for Giovinco, plus he's owned by so many teams, I think 41, I'm, I'm looking at 42% of the teams right now. I'm just kind of going to try to get a little bit of a differential there. Um, so I'm, I don't have Giovinco on my team this week. Uh, and I, I think, you know, with how bad... RSL's defense is bad, but it's still on the road at altitude uh, at RSL. I think Valerian Adi at home and Kaká and Laren at home against what should be two awful defenses. I, I think it's hard for me to drop them for Giovinco in those circumstances. I mean, Giovinco could score a hat-trick. We know that's, that's the c- capability that he has, but I, I think I'm leaving him off this week. Bold, bold. All right. Thank you for all the answers, guys. If anybody else has questions they'd like to ask us for our next show, uh, go over to Reddit and uh, to r slash MLS and just let us know. Post in the thread that pops up usually near the end of the week or right at the beginning on, on Monday before the show airs. Now to what everyone's probably been waiting for, the player picks. Uh, Mike, we're going to start with you. Um, what kind of wh- what keepers, which keepers, who keepers do you like for the opening weekend challenge round one? Well, you had asked me earlier to name the teams I thought could get a clean sheet. I think there's four. Colorado, San Jose, Montreal, and Vancouver. So I think those are your keepers. McMath, Bingham, Bush, and Alstead. Um, for me, if I had to go to three out in, in order, I would have McMath, Bingham, and Bush um, as my top three going in. I have McMath in my team right now because he's 4.5. So cheap, clean sheet at home. I think he's a good, um, good pickup. Yeah, I kind of agree with that list. I'm not so sure about Montreal keeping the clean sheet. But um, Ousted McMath are the two keepers I'm really looking at this week. And with the Portland injuries and everything, I think Gleason's dropped off my list. He was my third. Those are the three teams, uh, Vancouver, Colorado, and Portland, I thought would get a clean sheet early on. And I've got that down to two teams now. Yeah, McMath and and Bingham were the two that were on my list. I do. Uh, I really did like Rowe, um, but with the you know with all the injuries um, on LA Galaxy's back line, uh, I think that'd be one to monitor, and then also to see who starts in the CCL match when Dallas goes down uh, to Panama. Um, but if a lot of the starters end up playing in Panama, uh, I think that Rowe could be a good bet to get a clean sheet. And I have to say, if, if you are looking at your strategy, Blaine, for that, uh, I think Colorado provides some of the best opportunities to load up on those defenders since they do have some pretty affordable players. Yeah, uh, Vancouver's not as bad, not too bad either. And let's see who I've been playing with today. Let's move on to defenders now. Jason, who do you like? So I'm, I actually like the, uh, the, the budget players this week. Um, I like Harrington from Chicago at 4.5. I like PC from Orlando at 4.5. I really like Lima from San Jose at 4.5. Um, and from Philly, Onyewu uh, at 4.5. Scored a goal. He's been defending pretty Gooch. well this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a little reckless at times, but um, like I said, I'm going you know budget in the back uh, game week one to put all my uh, firepower on my offense. Mike? I'm pretty much sticking with the the teams I mentioned above. I have Lima. I have Birch. There's kind of some cheaper budget options. I also have Joven Jones from Seattle. Um, 
kind of a little bit of an offensive threat. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm sold there. I'm, I might do R.J. Allen from New York City to get more uh, more of an attacking threat there, or someone like Moderita. Um, also have um, Davies from uh, Vancouver as kind of a, another option, 4.5, um, that I'm trying to figure out how I want to work in, maybe in a switcheroo. But that's my list, Lima, Jones, Birch, and uh, Davies right now. Uh, I'm I'm playing with the all-in strategy, and I just crunched some numbers. Um, I really think I can get a cheaper defense that'll do just as well out of Vancouver, even with McMath being the cheaper goalkeeper. I just I feel like your options with Vancouver are better. Plus, we're going to see the lineup, and there's no chance for rotation. So I'm really looking at just loading up, and that for Vancouver. I mean, as Ousted, Davies is in there. If Davies is starting, that's a 4.5 defender. Um, Harvey and Parker are both at 5.0 and both of them have been solid back there. And I really do just like that matchup. One, one thing to add though, um, we're going to see their matchup for the CCL match, but we won't see their matchup for the match against silly against Philly. Excuse me. Oh, that's correct. Um, Sorry so, about so that. you, so we'll see like what their primary a plus starting lineup is with Shay, but I don't know. There is a chance of rotation, even <laughs> even in yeah. round one, we have rotation. <laughs> very true, very true. And I must say, if you guys want to bet against that, Philly, I'm I'm very optimistic for Philly. I like some of the moves that they've made, but they struggled a lot last season uh, after Noguera left, and they just haven't recovered from that. They've got some pieces in that could replicate that, but you've got Simpson up top, who's kind of an unproven scorer from a lower division in England. Uh, you might have Sapong up there. Uh, it depends on the formation they they roll out. I, I kind of look at Philly as a wild card. So that, that definitely could be a game where they're trying to figure it all out. But moving on, uh, Blaine, who do you like in the midfield? Um, the obvious two this week are Kaká and Valeri. I think two of the best premium midfielders with home games this week. Uh, Miram and Iguain, I think both of them are ready for a bounce back. I mean, Miram looked good last year. Iguain could show up. Um, playing at home against Chicago, we like the home matchups. So I really do like either one of those two, probably not both. If I was going to pick a road midfielder from that premium lineup, um, I really do like Benny Philhaber. I'm not sure DC's got it all together, and Philhaber pulls all the strings in the midfield for Kansas City. And oh, I had one more. Who was he? Um, I switched away. Uh, th- maybe that was just it. Uh, yeah, just Philhaber's really my road, my road midfielder for this week. All right, Jason. Yeah, Valeri Kaká. I really like uh, Venegas uh, from Minnesota, and then. Uh, I have Tommy Thompson uh, as a 5.5 switcheroo in my lineup. Mike? I like those. Um, I have uh, Kaká um, you know, at home against New York City. Uh, also kind of loading up on Orlando. MPG Perez-Garcia at 7.0. He's a pretty cheap midfield option. Um, I have Valeri. And then I have um, from New York City, Maxi Morales. Um, in the time he's played with David Villa, which hasn't been much, I, I think it may be... Um, maybe just around 90 minutes. He's already gotten two assists. He seems to have already linked up and connected with David Villa. Um, and I think with Orlando's offensive or excuse me, defensive problems at 9.0 with the potential he has, kind of a good differential pick this week. Nice, I like that. And keep us going, Mike, with forward picks. 
Okay, well, I'm going to stick with New York City uh, and Orlando. I have uh, David Villa and Laren as my first two picks. I, I really think that's going to be a goal fest. Um, I, I think I'm going to keep uh, Adi as my third pick, but um, as a guy I'm thinking about um, is Patrick Mullins. Um, DC's at home. Mullins is only 8.5, and Sporting Kansas City hasn't been that great um, defensively. Uh, so I think DC at, at home could generate a lot of chances, and we know Patrick Mullins is. I, I think he's like the second best forward in terms of chances generated per uh, 90 minutes as far as expected goals. So I, I think if you're trying to save some money in the forward position to make room elsewhere, Patrick Mullins could be a really good option for you. Blaine? Uh, I'm going to start with a rebuttal to Mike's thing about Kansas City. Um, <laughs> I think no, I Vermees came out and said that the team really feels like this is Sporting 2.0. The defense is better than it was in 2013 when they won the MLS Cup. When you have Ico Parra back there next to Beesler and Sinovic, and then moving Graham Zusi to right back, which I'm fairly certain he is the, now the starting right back on the team. This t- this defense is as solid as it was in 2013, if not better. So I would not take that Mullins pick, but I am a Kansas City homer, so take that for what it is. My my um, counter argument is Graham Zusi at right back. <laughs> that that's <laughs> I think the problem. I, I'm not sold on that at all. Um, and I think that's going to cause a lot of problems for Sporting Kansas City. Um, so that that's my concern for SKC. Plus, I, mean, I guess part of it is I watched um, New York City versus Sporting Kansas City, where they had pretty close to an A-plus lineup, and they just did not look on the same page at all. Um, well, I think now, if we I mean, disagree I'll, on anything, that <laughs> Graham Zuzzi as a defender is a big red flag fantasy-wise because that is a midfielder playing out of position as a defender. He will not get any of those clean sheet bonuses. Correct. Yes, do not have Zussi. Yeah. So, who yeah. are your picks, Blaine? Um, I I agree with Mike on the Via and Lauren pickups. I think those two have the potential for the most goals. If you don't have Via, I think it has to be Giovinco. I think that's the only trade-off you can make and not have Giovinco this week. Um, I'm not sold on Adi. I never have been. Um, he has moments of brilliance, but I think they're few and far between. I just don't know if this is the week for it. Uh, the guy I'm kind of keeping an eye on is uh, Freddie Montero. If he's going to get in playing against Philly's defense, I think this is a good week for him to shine. Yeah, uh, He's my long shot pick for the week. I like it. And Jason? Uh, so like I said before, I think Giovinco uh, is kind of an obvious pick this week. I really like Giovanni Dos Santos as well, playing against a Dallas team. Um that is traveling from Panama. But like I said before, I'm going to kind of see who starts in CCL for that. And then um, I really like uh, either David Akam or uh, Nico, which is the other forward for Chicago. I think either one of them um, is a really good shout this week. Very nice. And to wrap everything up, guys, give me your captain pick, Jason. Uh, so currently it's on Giovanni Dos Santos. It's been on him since I drafted my team. But pending lineups, um, I may be cheeky and uh, actually go Giovinco. Mike? Uh, I have mine on Diego Valeri right now. Um, I'm, I might change that to David Villa, but right now it's on Valeri. And Blaine? 
in an all-or-nothing week, you go with the forward who can give you the most points. Uh, mine was on Giovinco in my first lineup. I've got it on David Villa right now with Giovinco out of the lineup. Very nice. I like the variety that you've had. Well, thank you so much, guys. Uh, everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed uh, what you heard. Again, if you have any feedback, let us know. We want to craft this format to be the best for you. Um, I will be posting an image on the at MLSFI account that will sum up the picks that these guys have and also check MLS Fantasy Boss for uh, more comprehensive uh, captain predictions, especially for that important position for this opening weekend challenge. Um, moving on, we're going to wrap things up pretty quickly. Uh, our community time, for those of you who don't know, uh, we have um, a special MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league. So that's going to be uh, all the people that you hear on the show, as well as some guests that we frequently have and uh, some other podcasts from across the pond that that we like to partner with and poke fun at from time to time. Uh, it's a little fun, little banter that we have going back and forth. So if you enjoy hearing that kind of thing, stay tuned. It's really shaping up so far, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. And again, just want to plug it again, uh, our Patreon league, just for listeners and uh, subscribers, patrons of this show, uh, go ahead and go to patreon.com slash MLSFI if you want to can get a chance on joining that. There will be prizes in there, so more fun from all of that coming in future episodes. Um, that's all that I have for the show today. Guys, you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, I'll give a quick plug for Last Word on Sports and LastWordOnSoccer.com. They've been very gracious to have us on the show a couple times this year to help cover fantasy. They're wanting to get their fantasy coverage out this year and get it uh, get something on the books and really expand what they do over there. So please give them a look and give them any feedback you can to help them bring some more fantasy content out for everybody. Uh, go check out all of our articles um, on MLSsoccer.com. And um, considering the new... Um, transfer market this year um gotta figure out a, a cheeky way to do punts and differentials since the uh player uh, ownership numbers swing so drastically from week to week so once i figure that out i'll be starting my articles again well you can follow me at mike that tiger or at mls injury news uh, i'm still looking for people to kind of fill out all the teams so if you're interested in kind of helping me out keeping track of injuries for a certain team uh, I, I could definitely use your help. So um, just let me know at MLS Injury News, and I can get um, you know those in, injury reports to you with more information, and that helps everybody. So thank you all. Everyone who signed up, it's, it's already been a help um, you know, in getting some stuff that I, I've missed with all the preseason matches. So uh, I definitely appreciate the help and looking forward to getting some more people on board. That's a great service. And, of course, you can follow me at, at MLS Fantasy Boss on Twitter, or you can follow the show at, at MLSFI. On Twitter, uh, you can catch the various projects that all of us involved in are involved in at MLSsoccer.com, MLS Fantasy Boss, and various other sources. If you do listen to another podcast that you would like to have some fantasy coverage on, let them know. Let us know. We'll reach out to them and try to help spread the fantasy word. Uh, you can join at any time this season, uh, but it's this opening weekend challenge that we're really plugging and hope that a lot of people come in and join and have fun. And so that being said, good luck. <laughs>